0: Welcome to another episode of Two P's on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two P's.
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of two peas on a podcast gerald here with you of course and i got another pea on this pod and it is a good good friend of mine and a good friend of the show he's been on several times before he's a patron of the peas he's he's just the man i love this dude he gives me the real feels you know what i mean (laughs) it's drew mr drew hallam what's up man how are you
0: Pretty good, Gerald. I'm excited to be here. Excited to be back. Ready to talk some horror.
1: Yep. So, everybody knows, obviously, but we are right smack dab in the middle of October. And of course, <clears throat> I have my four horror themed episodes for the month. Last week, we did vampire movies with Brad from The Cinema Guys, which was great. Obviously, Drew is here this week. And then in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing our 1980s horror movies, which. Wow, uh, that is going to, to narrow that down to five is going to be, I don't know if I'm going to make it out alive. I,
0: I do not envy the trial <laughs> in which
1: you have to go through. And then uh, Jeff from CadaverCast uh, is going to do family-friendly horror movies with me this year. So that'll be exciting. Oh, he's to- got that. Yeah. He's got that covered. Yeah, he's got that. So why don't we tell everyone, Drew, what are we doing tonight though, buddy? Because this was an interesting kind of I think you came up with this, right? If I'm not mistaken, if I recall. I don't
0: know. We were we were we were kind of like batting around ideas and we eventually came up with horror movies mm-hmm. that have a 40% score or lower mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. And this is not an audience score. This is definitely going to mm-hmm. be a critic score because as everyone knows, you can have diehard fans that will absolutely adore a film, but critics I mean, they'll
1: shit all over That it. is absolutely true, and a lot of these would probably fall in that category. In fact, I didn't pay attention to the audience score, but I bet you a lot mm-hmm. of them were a lot higher. And yeah, I
0: yeah, I didn't really like look to the right of the screen. I just mainly
1: I, I looked for uh, what the critics were saying. So there's some surprises for me in uh, doing this research. There were some I had to actually take off my list because I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they're this high. <laughs> i can't believe the critics like because you know they're and i'll talk about them when we get there because they weren't eligible for the list but there was a uh, two in particular that were in my initial top five and then i'm like oh my god the score is too high so i had to take them off so the list was uh was tough for me you said now drew i'm gonna tell you right now there's no way that me or anyone else in the world is keeping up with you in terms of watching these kind of b movie <laughs> schlocky <laughs> horror movies i see you checking them in over on facebook daily
0: i mean i i don't know man i mean brad and patrick they're kind of yeah keeping
1: they, yeah they give you a run for your money that's just true but with that being said you watching you know one sometimes two a day and they're not always you know there are movies that are lesser known i guess is, is at least fair to say i see you checking in I a mean, lot of those
0: the, they're definitely on the lower spectrum i mean if you're a fan of tubi you can definitely find quite a few of these.
1: So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know you guys do Tubi Tuesday over there too. So, yeah,
0: we we try to <laughs> we try
1: to pay homage to a, a little bit of Tubi and you know give
0: those indie filmmakers you know some credit and a little bit of a spotlight.
1: Sure. So having such a wide net with all these movies that you've been putting eyes on lately, how hard was it for you to kind of narrow this down, or was it easy for you? You know, honestly, this was relatively easy, mm. uh,
0: and some of the some of the movies that I actually, I, I've, I inevitably made a list of 20 films, and surprisingly enough, uh, it was films that I greatly enjoy, and I know for a fact, quite a few people do. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't think that a lot of these, and I mean a lot by like maybe 95% of these films, on my list at least, everybody has heard of
1: everyone has probably even seen oh wow okay well there's a couple on my list we're going to get into it i was having a little chat with you we were texting back and forth because i was kind of bummed there's two movies that i absolutely love that would (laughs) probably be my honestly my number one and two maybe top three maybe that Mm -hmm. don't have Mm -hmm. a score on rotten tomatoes they don't have a critic score because there's not enough reviews of it from critics
0: yep and (sighs) I, i almost thought that maybe. The the ones with no scores, maybe they were like direct to video, Mm -hmm. but I I don't think that's always going to be the case. I just think that
1: no one has taken the time to review them. I'm sitting here reordering my list as you're talking, Drew. Is that bad? (laughs) I probably shouldn't do that, but I'm no,
0: no, not at all. Uh, You know, I just
1: kind of settled on my 10 within the last half hour or so. So I feel good about that. But the order kind of has me messed up a little bit. Drew's from Real Feels, and uh, he's just a man. He, he's one of the nicest guys in podcasting, and I'm oh, so glad I've gotten to know you over the last few years, brother. And uh, you know, we've hung out virtually several times, and over at Livestream for the Cure, and obviously doing I, stuff I know. like this. I, and I need to get my ass over to the East Coast someday. You do, man. You do, uh, Drew. I know you know because you're you're tight with me, and you're a patron of the show and everything. But you know, two pieces coming to an end at the end of this month, man. So I've got this episode with you and then two more. So I thought it was, uh, I thought it was special to have these special guests here in the last month. And you've been, you know, such a cool guy, man. It's such an important part of, you know, not just two P's and kind of my journey in podcasting, but I mean, just, you're just a cool friend, man. Like you, last Christmas, you dropped me that black Phillip plush that I still have <laughs> displayed next to my TV, my TV room. And I think about you literally every time I'm watching television, which is frequently (laughs) uh, because of that plush you sent me. And, you know, a lot of other things you've done for me, the Jaws blanket. And obviously, our love of horror has always connected us, too. So you're just a great dude, man. And I just really want to thank you for not only being a listener, but just being a part of the show, man. I really appreciate that, Gerald. Thank you. Absolutely, man. So... All that sentimental crap aside, let's talk about some. <laughs> 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 None of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that stuff. But uh, you know, I don't really know yet what I'm going to title it. Possibly with Dan's help coming up with the title here, producer Dan Brennick. But I, I, I'm right now. I'm going with bad horror movies that we love. Does that sound good?
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, that I think that that kind of works. Um, I don't know if that's going to fit my list exactly because. I would consider these actually good me too, movies. Me too. Just just critics decided to say, "Eh."
1: Me too. You know, it's it's a fine line, but there are a few in my collective 10. I'm looking at it here on my screen. I would say there's probably four that you could say with a straight face, yeah, these are bad movies, but I just enjoy them, you know what I mean? But there's six that right. I feel like are like really good movies. And I'm mm-hmm. and I'm surprised by the critic score. So I guess we'll get into them individually when we get there, but We are, You know, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but right now we're just going to go with bad horror movies that we love. Drew from Real Fields, let's see what you got, man. I'm going to let you kick us off with your number five, buddy.
0: Uh, Number five is going back to 1993. Not only are we getting the lovable and extremely talented Warwick Davis, but we're seeing the first movie that Jennifer Aniston decided to grace the screen with – and it's uh, it's Leprechaun. Oh, I, was, baby. I was
1: about to guess that yeah, Leprechaun. OK, I haven't seen this in literally <laughs> forever. What year was this again?
0: 1993 and Rotten Tomatoes critic score gives it a 27 percent, which I find appalling.
1: I forgot to tell you, by the way, I'll let you talk a little bit about Leprechaun because I don't remember it, to be honest, besides the Jennifer Anderson piece. But uh, I'm going to tell you that all the five movies that you name, I'm going to watch this October. I, f- I forgot I forgot to tell you that. So I'm really excited that you picked this because I haven't <laughs> seen this in probably 20 years. Talk a little bit about why you love this one so much, man.
0: Oh gosh. I mean, what what more do you want? I mean, you're going to have <laughs> a leprechaun that is after people who take his gold and he goes and he kills them. I mean, you're not also incorporating like Irish folklore into the bag where, you know, if they're going to stop him, they throw like beans or rice on the ground and he has to count them or they have to topple shoes and he has to shine all the shoes and, you know, they're they're able to get away. But when you have a killer that proceeds to monologue in rhyme mm-hmm. before you die, mm-hmm. it's a glorious thing. <laughs> so and my I'll friends like and I would watch this when we were kids and there's a couple of scenes where when he is riding away when the leprechaun is riding away on the tricycle and you just hear that ching 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 we would all mm-hmm. like just shout out like tricycle of death and <laughs> it's it's just such a fun thing the makeup on warwick davis i think is stellar
1: okay i and it's just it's a good movie i had heard that doesn't jennifer anderson hate being associated with this or is that am i just
0: i think she i think she does not like it and i'm thinking you're in a horror classic
1: i mean i would consider
0: this to be like a classic modern horror film and why
1: not yeah sure embrace it i mean you were starting out i mean embrace it you know you had, you know, Depp and Nightmare on Elm Street, and I mean, you know, just mm-hmm. embrace it, you know. You, you, yeah. You did your thing, you know, and you were good-looking, Jennifer Anderson. That's for sure. Now, look, dude, I'm going to see your Leprechaun, and I'm going to raise you Zombie Strippers. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's my number five from 2008. You ever see this? I have seen pieces of it, but I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. But I have not seen all of now, it. Now- Uh, surprisingly, let me go back to my notes because I I put surprisingly, it's 38 percent, so it almost didn't make the brief. I can't believe it was that well revered because it's you know widely considered a bad movie, and I mean, frankly, it is, but I just enjoyed it so much. Robert England, of course, from Freddy Krueger fame, of course, you you know, runs this strip club and kind of you know almost like a pimp like figure to these girls. (laughs) Jenna Jameson, the adult film star who was just giant in the 90s and into the early to mid 2000s, is the lead actress in this. And there was a couple other porn stars that were in the movie as well playing strippers. So it was kind of ingenious on the producers and the directors part to like merge these two kind of, you know, cinematic communities together. Because, you know, that doesn't happen a lot where the adult film actresses go mainstream and vice versa. So it was kind of cool in that way, too. But. I mean it was just, Yeah and
0: it, you're going to get a completely
1: different audience watching it as well. Exactly. It was just such a crazy premise man where <laughs> there was this virus that was it's in the future, it takes place in the future and this virus gets out and infects, you know, and it ends up in this like small strip club in like Iowa or Nebraska or something like that. As, well, that's obviously the place to go and see strippers. <laughs> I can't remember but something like that in the Midwest. <laughs> and when you're infected with it as a stripper you're like a super stripper like you get the best tips <laughs> and like you just like have superpower and so then all the other strippers have this moral dilemma where they're like well do we want to get infected and like you know make more money or <laughs> so it's a really ridiculous premise but it's so campy it's so over the top and i love it because it 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 knew that like it was self-aware and right. you know you can't go wrong when robert england pops up in these kind of b movie roles too so Zombie Strippers, my number five, man. I would say revisit it this October if you're feeling froggy, buddy. You know what? I think I just might. I love it. I love it. All right, man. You had a leprechaun at five. Good pick. What was your number four, man?
0: Number four is one that I personally very, very much enjoy. And it's more nostalgia also that kind of carries it with it. But also I know for a fact that Izzy and Steve over at Everything I Learned from Movies absolutely love this film. and it is. 1995's Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight.
1: Oh man, what's the score on this? Oh dude. 38%. It oh. almost it almost oh. makes it. Oh yeah, I it didn't think about makes makes this one. But yeah, I love this movie too. Okay.
0: Billy Zane, Billy yeah. Zane as like, you know, the demon collector is so out outright hilarious. So good. It's so, so good. And I and I love the fact that like, you know, it, it is like incorporating, you know, religious. Uh, little uh you know facts here and you know uh, uh pieces of like paraphernalia like oh it's a bottle what's it filled with oh is that all of christ's blood <laughs> when you took it right. when you took it from literally the cross
1: right. great <laughs> That'll and, work.
0: It's, and it like seals doorways and blocks out demons and
1: yeah, dude I, it's, I love demon it's Knight. a fun film i love Demonite. Yeah. love the soundtrack love the practical effects Yeah, it kicks ass, man. I didn't think about it for this list. I don't know why. I I guess maybe in my head I thought it was too good to be in this category, but I guess not. I
0: almost thought it was too good. I started looking up stuff, like you just said, and I, I was almost shocked at certain things that were low enough, and you'll you'll find out later when we get higher up what I was almost downright insulted by.
1: Yeah, well, that that kind of falls in a little bit into what I'm dealing with with my number four, man, because I was surprised that this one made the cut based on the brief, but it's sitting at 35% currently on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's the original Final Destination from 2000.
0: Is it really? Yeah, isn't
1: that crazy? So I don't know why uh, it was as hated as it was by the critics, because this is another one that could take me back to when I saw it, you know, and I just thought like I was at the early infancy stages of kind of like my horror, like just taking over my life, you know? Right. It really started with Scream. So this was about three or four years later.
0: I didn't even I didn't even think to look up Final Destination. I mean, just like you were like, man, how could that possibly be any lower?
1: But it's just so, it was just so unique, right? Because it was like these everyday like things that mm-hmm. that could happen that could kill you, and it was just mm-hmm. and it spawned a franchise kind of based on that. You know, it got a little more supernatural as the franchise went on.
0: Right, right. Because I mean, how many people now do not drive behind trucks that exactly. are carrying anything, yeah.
1: long and cylindrical? Yeah. And every time you see that on the highway, I dare you not to think about this this franchise. And you know, obviously, it would. Feed on our fears of you know like flying and you know there's uh, scenes with like roller coaster going off the tracks and like you know just all these different like freak accidents that a drive through drive through (laughs) you you
0: die in a drive through
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know and I just love that man I just remember thinking that was so inventive and so unique and like I said it obviously spawned a franchise so it did something right. I couldn't believe it fit the brief, but yeah, thirty five percent. That sits at my number four, man. Final destination. You a fan of the? Are you a fan of this franchise?
0: I I do like the franchise. I mean, some of them are not exactly like sticking the landing every single time, but there's always that one kill out of a movie yep. that really kind of like sixty is you your favorite. I can't remember which one it is. I want to say two, and it's when the guy gets the nail gun. Going into the back of his head oh, and he keeps like yeah. jerking forward as it hits him. Yeah. Uh, I think that I may, wanna, that might be my favorite
1: kill. I want to say two also. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> Devin Sawa, Ollie, <laughs> Ollie Larder. Yep. Great cash. All William Scott back in the stiffler days, you know. hmm mm-hmm. Doing his thing. But that's my number four, man. Uh, what do you got at uh, your three, Drew? All
0: <laughs> right. So for number three, we're going to go back to 1987. And, Gerald, I'm a huge fan of horror anthology. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get a little bit more bang for my buck. We get multiple stories. And also you get some of the best writing that is a collaborative effort along with fantastic practi- practical effects and special effects makeup. And frankly, I am also shocked at this. Mm-hmm. Where Creepshow 2 comes in at a 29%. Wow. And and Creepshow, along with Creepshow 2, like these things. I mean, Creepshow obviously you know Towers over the sequel of Creepshow 2 but these things are like feel good for me these stories that they come up with i i don't know i'm i'm still kind of flabbergasted just a little bit 29% yeah that's why crazy why it's it's sitting there don't know but it I, I think it's i think it's a lot of fun
1: it is it is a hoot yeah i love creepshow and creepshow 2 was creepshow 2 was the raft or was that creepshow the raft yeah, yeah.
0: which is my favorite story oh so
1: good man so good. I mean, I'm glad they did it in the anthology as kind of like a short, and that's what made it so impactful, I feel like. If they had now, of right. course they... I
0: I don't see you could I don't see how you could make that even like an entire film, which nah. making it
1: a short is perfect. Yeah, it's great, man. Great. And is that the same one too? Is Creepshow Two also the one with like the Indian store? Yep, that's uh, such... the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mr. Yeah. Mr. Wooden Chief, yeah, the uh Chief Wooden Chief Wooden head?
1: Yeah, yeah, I love I love that that one too, man. That's that's surprising to me too that it's that lo- or that low of a critic score on on Rotten Tomatoes. But hey, I guess what's, what this whole episode is kind of bringing to light here. Now, a little sp- bit. now speaking of which, man, my number three, I, I got a run here on like horror icons, starting at number three with Jason X, uh, which sits at a nineteen percent, dude. I'm I- like, what? <laughs> I mean It's so crazy. It has hands down one of my top three favorite kills yeah. in all of horror. Yes. Uh, I was mentioning to Jeff from Cadavercast earlier. Him and I did horror movie kills a couple years ago for for one of our October Eps, and we both named that kill, the face freeze uh yep, kill.
0: That's exactly what it is. But also,
1: man, here's the deal, okay? Jason X is a Or, I'm sorry, Jason is a horror icon, right? Friday the 13th. I mean, no matter what you think of the franchise or the character or whatever, he's just like a mascot for the horror genre, right? He's one of very few characters that is synonymous across the entire, you know, horror landscape. And here we go. How about we take that icon and we put him in space, guys? What do you think? (laughs) And somebody was like, yeah, that sounds, f- like, yeah, fucking sure, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that, that's great. And not <laughs> only in space, let's give him a new
0: outfit, like a mechanized, yeah. metalloid outfit, outfit uh, so he's even stronger I mean, how,
1: and more durable. I mean, how could you not love something so just fucking cr- crazy and outlandish, and you still get the kills, like we mentioned the face freeze, and there's some others in this film too, but... Yeah, man, it's just, it's so good, man, because I just love this character so much, and this is something so crazy uh, for this for this character that I thought was just perfect when it came out, and I've seen it on the big screen since at a special screening a couple years ago, and the crowd just eats it up, man, they love it, you know, it's just such a crowd oh, yeah. pleaser, especially if you're a fan of Friday the 13th, so I just, 19%, I was just like, what? What? Uh, But I guess critically, it was shit on. So it fits a brief and it's my number three, man. I know you're a fan (laughs) of this one.
0: I'd very much enjoy this movie. It's it's fun.
1: All right, man. Jason X, my number three. We're up to our runner ups. Drew, what do you got at number two, buddy?
0: Number two is one that I actually I very much enjoy as like a guilty pleasure because I don't think a lot of people actually enjoy it. However, it is another James Wan film Mm -hmm. that I very much hold dear to my heart. And uh, it's 2007's
1: "Dead Silence." Oh, I never saw that. Oh, Jerry. hey, I told you I was watching these this October. Mm.
0: Unfortunately, it sits at a 21%. 21.
1: percent mm. 21. All right, what's the premise without giving away a spoiler for me? All right,
0: there, there once, there once was a woman who lived in this town named Mary Shaw, and she was a very famous ventriloquist. Well. When a boy went missing in the town, they all pointed fingers to Mary Shaw, mainly because this boy decided to taunt and, like, heckle her at one of her, uh, you know, ventriloquist shows. Mm -hmm. And essentially, she kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek threatened him Mm -hmm. while during the show. And they – the whole – the town essentially murdered her, like the, the gang of, you know, robust fathers trying to prove something. Wow. And so they murdered her, ripped out her tongue, and then buried her and all of her dolls. Wow. And they, they they, essentially, like, stopped talking about her because it was like this taboo thing that if you spoke of her, if you said her name, it would just bring upon, like, bad mojo. And, you know, maybe she could hear you from the grave and come back and seek vengeance. And... In the beginning of the movie, you have a young man who gets delivered a package. And in the package is a ventriloquist doll. Mm. And from there, it just gets uh, better.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, so far, my October to-do list is looking good, thanks to Mr. Drew Hallam. So Dead Silence. What was the year on that again? 2007. 2007. Okay, so fairly recent. I don't know why I never saw that one, because obviously I love James Wan. So I'm going to have to check it out. Dead Silence. Mm-hmm. your number two my number two is one that i know you've seen one that you know i have seen and because it sits at a 32 on rotten tomatoes it fits the brief one of my favorite horror sequels is halloween 2 from 1981 michael myers is back the same night and that you know rick rosenthal was the director here not john carpenter but what i love about Rosenthal's direction of this movie is that he really mimics Carpenter in this film. A lot of the the same camera shots, the wide shots, the the tracking shots are very similar. And he tried to really replicate the feel of the original movie. And of course, it's a continuation of the same night from the film mm-hmm. that is the iconic classic that came out in, in uh, '78. I just I love that. Like whenever I watch Halloween from '78, I always want to watch halloween 2 right after it i watch him back to back it's one I, I like to think of it as one long movie i love the hospital setting which has been beaten to death at this point <laughs> but in the early late 70s early 80s it wasn't being done as frequently as we've seen it since and it was a really eerie setting that that they were able to create there. dick warlock stepping in to the shape here the ending scene with with the fire and and him actually doing the stunts for that is tremendous. One of the better scenes at the end of the film, despite the bloody tears or whatever. But <laughs> I, I got no problem with that. And of course, Jamie Lee's here too. You know, Jamie Lee is of course in the back seat. She's in a hospital bed most of the time. Doesn't have a lot to say this time around. She was kind of signed on to the movie or whatever. But if you're a Michael Myers fan, uh, this is. I, I mean, not that the sequels. Are Super prestigious to a lot of people But in terms of the sequels This is probably my top two or three Of, of the Halloween sequels Obviously the original sits on a pedestal all by itself mm, okay. How do you feel man?
0: I, I enjoy it I mean it's been quite a while Since I've seen it And I did make a promise to Justin Since they were kind of going through The Halloween franchise On Brainstorm. Mm-hmm. And I said this is
1: I mean, what what a better reason yeah. to start watching it come October? I love it. Yeah, I did that last year, as you know, with with our boy Dan. Mm-hmm. And he, mm-hmm. watched, he watched them all for the first time. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here now. I'm thinking, you know, the 2018 one I loved. And as far as sequels from the original go, it's this one and H2O, I think, are probably my two favorite sequels. Not counting the 2018 film.
0: Halloween H2O was good. I, I very much enjoyed it. I mean, a lot of people were kind of confused when the title came out, or at least my friends were. They're like, I don't get it. Halloween water? What?
1: What is it? And I'm like, it's 20 years later, you fucking moron. He's made out of water now? What the fuck is happening? He went to space with Jason? I don't get it. What, what's going on? Did he drown? Is he Jason now? <laughs> so I had uh, I had Jason at three. I got Michael at two. Halloween 2, my my runner-up. And we're up to our number ones, Mr. Drew Hallam. What's your number one, what we're calling, bad movie that we love? All right.
0: Now, this was my ultimate shock of actually looking it up and seeing the score and seeing it below 40. Uh. And I know it was not a critical success when the money came rolling in, Mm. but 1997's Event Horizon.
1: Yeah, you're going to be mad at me, but go ahead. I will let you talk about it. <laughs> Don't you start with me.
0: Uh I I I love it. It sits at a 29%
1: yeah.
0: if you want space horror. Yeah. If you want the closest thing that Hellraiser in space should have been or, or even like even a like should have taken notes from uh, this is it. Yeah. I I I really like this movie. It has great lines. I think the 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 genuine creep factor or almost like shock mm. for some of the scenes which you know guy losing his eyes and you know being jettisoned into space mm. or bodies stretched out on the
1: hooks and everything
0: it it's a good movie
1: yeah um you know true <laughs> i love you i <laughs> my my problem with event horizon was that i was Uh, I guess I was surprised that it didn't hold up for me when I rewatched it last year. Because I had fond memories of it when I saw it initially when it came out. And I was like, I'm going to revisit this. And I just didn't. I don't know. I just did. I was surprised. Like, I'm watching it going. I don't know why I'm not enjoying this more. It just didn't hold up for me over the years. But I
0: I think if I think if you watch it again like you did, I think you do notice that there's so much that they're trying to put in it slightly feels rushed yeah but i i, I, I don't know maybe i can just forgive it because i like it so much well but... the
1: premise is awesome i mean this is obviously a killer premise and uh yeah you're you're number 1 though eh Wow.
0: Well, I mean, I th- it's it's my number one based on just how shocked I was when looking up the films. I was true, like, are
1: you true. kidding? Are you kidding me? Well, I can't say too much, Drew, because nobody I'm, I'm actually interested to see what you think of my number one, because it's actually got a much higher score than I thought it was going to have on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. It sits at 39 percent, so it's barely makes the brief. So mm-hmm, much, mm-hmm. much higher than I thought. And actually the highest rated film in my top five, because Zombie Strippers was a 38. <laughs> so at least it's got that going for it. It's a little bit better than <laughs> Zombie Strippers. But it's The Strangers, Pray at Night, another sequel, is my number one. I fucking you love do, this movie. You do love that pool you scene. You know it. You know I fucking <laughs> love this movie so goddamn much. Um, you know, I get into this, and you might know this from listening to the to Patreon episode that you're referring to, but I get into this the thing i get roped in where i tend to latch onto characters and mm-hmm, and i mm-hmm. and i just have an inherent bias because of that and i just thought you know Brian Bertino's vision in 08 with the strangers now that's obviously a far superior film to this one oh, but yeah. it wouldn't fit this brief so no 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 but i just think the prey at night sequel really you know showcase those same characters that we became connected to in the original film that we were kind of scared of in the original film. They had their own kind of like weird characteristics that, you know, I'm not going to put them in the realm of like some of these other horror icons we've been talking about, but I mean, they are recognizable in the horror community, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, baby doll and uh, the burlap mask. I mean, they, they're familiar faces in the horror community and they've only got these two films. So I don't know. I just love those characters and I love the ambiguity of them and that you never really know what their motive is. And to me, that's fucking scary. And, you know, pray at night is, would still fall in the home invasion category. Um, oh yeah. Not, yeah. As, not as much so as the first film probably, but you know, it's still kind of like that, that genre, that realm, that subgenre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just love these characters, man. They just scared the shit out of me. You know, they really do because I feel like they are real. You know, they're not Jason. They're not Freddy. They're not, you know what I mean? They're like real people in mass. Oh, right. Because, just, I mean, you know, wasn't
0: wasn't The Strangers based on true stories or yeah. true true mm-hmm. events? Yep, it yeah, was. And, I mean, as, as loosely as that usually is taken. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, it's the same reason why, like, Jaws was for the longest
1: time one of the scariest films because that's
0: freaking possible.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And you're right about the pool scene, bro. I'm going to tell you right now, I will die on the fucking hill that that I, pool scene. I,
0: I remember you sending the yeah. the YouTube clip and you're like, watch it. Yeah. Fucking watch yeah, it. Please. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. It's so <laughs> fucking
1: good. dude. I mean, it's like, you know, just from a technical perspective, like the cinematography, the, the uh, sound design when they're going underwater and the sound fades out, and you know, in and out and the blood in the pool. I mean. It's just set up so beautifully. I've actually been to my friend Kenny's house close by. He has a replica of the Myers house here close by where Mm -hmm. I live. And he has one of those neon palm trees in his living room by his TV. And I'm like, you fucker. (laughs) Like the actual (laughs) one from the fucking set. Like one of the ones Uh. from the set. Yeah. Uh, He basically lives in a horror museum though, so I'm not too surprised. But Mm. yeah, I love The Stranger's at Night. it's one of my favorite horror sequels as well. And since it fit the brief, here it is again on another two-piece list. But that's my number one. Are you a fan of this movie? I'm curious to find out. I've only seen
0: it the one time, and I did enjoy it. I didn't think, obviously, it stood up to you know its predecessor at, in any way, shape, or form. But it was still enjoyable. I liked the fact that it was more open, you know, because they're just right. going to the. It wasn't really a, like a camp. It was like a trailer park type thing. Yeah, like an RV park. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots more running around, lots more places to go into, and it it almost like shot – I mean, it made it a bit claustrophobic despite the fact that it's so open because no one's there. Like, no one
1: in uh, this entire park. I mean, I could talk about this movie for fucking ever. I won't, but – I mean, Christina Hendricks, come on, dude. I mean, she's a fucking Mm. goddess. You know, she's in it. (laughs) The scene when – do you remember the scene when Burlap is in the truck with the guy who's impaled? And he just listens to the song with him in the car. They listen oh, They yeah. listen to the entire ha- song. The whole song plays. The scene doesn't cut. Haunting. Yeah. Haunting. And then kills him at, at the end, and that's it, you know? So uh, a lot of great things to come from this movie. I'm, I'm still, you know, I know I'm biased, but it, it still is really, really strange to me, like, that it has such a bad score and that people are like, you like that when I bring it up? And, like, Dan hated it when we talked about it on his show. I don't know. It just, like, always surprises me. And I know I'm probably blinded, um, and I just can't look at it through the eyes of a critic, perhaps. But um, well, I mean, come on, Gerald, it's no till death. So yeah, hey, there you go. Hey, <laughs> Paul had my back on that over the chat. Now, hey, maybe pull out the Australian uh, Aussie card. You know what I mean? It's okay. Paul can have questionable taste every once in a while. Hey, till <laughs> death wouldn't make this brief. So. I want to say it's like 80-something, but... It, we, <laughs>
0: is it really?
1: I think so, yeah. Check it out. How you have much Google of that, how right much of
0: that How much of that is simply like, Megan Fox is, it's a, me and, is a hottie. It's me
1: and Alexand- <laughs> Alexandra, or, what, or I, I bet. whatever his name was. Hold on. Let me see what Till Death is. I,
0: I didn't even want to look it up. I'm looking it up right now. What is that? 88%. There you go. go it's a
1: good-ass movie, away. bro. That is a great film. Oh, look at the audience score, though. That's you. You're the audience score.
0: Yeah, I'll be the audience score at 59%, except mine would be
1: a little lower, more like 20. (sighs) Come on, dude. Megan, Megan, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. Uh, I still love you. Megan, if you're listening, (laughs) get better roles. (laughs) Listen to better podcasts. (laughs) All right. uh, I tell you what, Drew, let's take a break, man. When we come back, I'm going to have you wrap up your top five for everyone, and uh, then we'll get into some honorable mentions, which there was some... Some that are in my honorables that I wish could have been in my top five, but the goddamn I fine agree. print yep. got me on this one, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be right back, guys.
0: Thank you for being a friend. If those clips made you wish for the good old days of TV, I've got great news. Rabbit Ears TV podcast is back. Each episode, we look back on a beloved series, ranging from the good old days of television to more modern classics. With the help of a superfan guest host, we will review, discuss, and reminisce about some of the most culturally impactful shows ever to air on TV. You can follow the show on Twitter at RabbitEarsTVPod, join the Couch Potato group on Facebook, and check out our episode archives at NetflixInswill.com slash RabbitEars. Look for new episodes the third Friday of each month. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming already in progress. Camp We hold you in our hearts And when we think about you It makes
1: me wanna part! (laughs) It's I hope we never part Now get it right or pay the price! Welcome back. As I said pre-break, Drew from the Real Fills podcast is here in the middle of our October episodes this year, and we are doing our top five bad horror movies that we love. Drew, remind everybody out there what your top five was again.
0: Well, my top five started with 1993's Leprechaun sitting at 27%, and then that moved over to 1995's Tales from the Crypt, The Demon Knight, mm-hmm. at 38%, which is currently my highest score. Mm. Uh, at, at 38%. Number three is uh, 1987's Creepshow 2 at 29%. A guilty pleasure of mine at uh, 21%. 2007's James Wan's Dead Silence. And number one, 1997's Event Horizon sitting at a
1: 29%. Nicely done, brother. My number five was Zombie Strippers with an exclamation point at 38%. <laughs> My number 4 which I was baffled is Final Destination at 35%. My number 3 is Jason X at 19%. And Halloween 2 from 1981 is my number 2 at 32%. And then The Strangers Pray at Night, My Love Affair with That Movie Continues, it's my number 1 and at last check it was at 39% over there on Rotten Tomatoes. So that was our top 5 drew now uh I didn't do the suggestion box for the October episodes, you know I just uh I don't know I don't know why <laughs> I, just, I just didn't do it i have no <laughs> excuse but why don't we give some honorable mentions man i've got five here i was able to finally round out my top 10 um did you bring some with you as well oh i got
0: some i
1: got what some. you got over there man
0: so one of my first honorable mentions is going to be one of our no score mm. horrors mm-hmm. and it's uh it however i will give you the 28 audience score it's 2005's the ginger dead man <laughs> <It's> <laughs> because so when i when <laughs> i so want good. gary Busey to be oh, a murderous cookie God. yeah <laughs> who doesn't this is it oh
1: man wow that's a good one i thought about that one too actually but i didn't even know that had no score i've got a couple other no scores coming up on mine i know it has no score All right, what else you got one that i really
0: kind of just enjoy uh, again as a guilty pleasure and any place that I can get some Ron Howard in me for some horror, I absolutely love. 1995's The Ice Cream Man.
1: Oh, that's a good one. I hadn't seen that in forever, man. That, that's a good one. Pretty great. That's a good one. It's got uh, Clint Howard, right?
0: Clint Howard. Why did I say Ron? You Howard? You said
1: Ron Howard first. I'm like, wait. wait I, I did say Ron and, Howard. And, 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 as you, and when you said it, I'm thinking to myself, was Ron Howard in that? Because I knew Clint Howard was, but that would have been cool if Ron Howard had been in it.
0: Uh, <laughs> now if only Dan can erase that and nah, replace fine. it.
1: It's Dan. He's, he's like, we're, we're good.
0: All right. Uh, if we're gonna go with a, a number three for some uh, some honorable mention, people might not enjoy this, but I actually i i almost i almost prefer it to the remake, or I almost prefer it to the original, but it is the 2003 remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Which
0: sits at a 37%. Now, it can never top the original. No. Because the original for what it was and when it was is is monumental and, it is his, and it's and It's the
1: remake. I thought it was good. Is that the one with uh, Daddario? Is that her? Is she in that one? Alexandria Daddario, or is that a different one? I... Can't remember. Look that up, real quick.
0: Exactly, late. I can't remember exactly the the. Look that up. See if that. The cast see if that my yeah, I'm it, gonna, we'll
1: make Dan work on this uh, part. The honorable mentions part. Dan, you got to edit all this shit out.
0: Wh- oh, it's not gonna take that long. It has
1: Jessica Beale, Jonathan. Oh, Tucker, Jessica Biel, Tucker. Who am I thinking? Which yeah. one am I thinking of with D'Adario in it? Uh, was it Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginnings? Maybe that was it.
0: Uh, but one of my favorites is um, oh, where is he? Uh, R. Lee Ermy
1: mm-hmm. plays mm-hmm. uh
0: Sheriff Hoyt and I love him as Sheriff Hoyt I think I just think you get more of a solid background to the family yeah sure and it's and it's a bit more cohesive and it's not as awkward as that scene where they're like get her grandpa get yeah, her, that's grandpa
1: It's very <laughs> Sorry, true that it gets really weird. that is very true <laughs> Jessica Beale that's right I don't know I, I gotta look and see which one I was thinking of with uh, Daddario, but Jessica Beale is great too so All right. What else you got? What was that? Your eight, right? That would have been your eight.
0: Uh, Yeah, that was number eight. So uh, then we're going to go to one that I really like because I think the casting was done well. The ending is kind of shit, but it also has some of if my memory serves correct, some of the first usage of this style of special effects in CGI for horror. And it's it's another remake. It's also one that I was also told as, like, a young teenager, like, no, you can't watch that, and then secretly watched it at mm, a
1: cousin's house. Gotta love that. Uh, it's it's the
0: 1999 remake of House on Haunted Hill.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, with uh, Tyrese or whatever.
0: Tyrese and Jeffrey Rush playing, sorry, I think he plays a really good Vincent Price. And this, to my knowledge, is one of the first movies that, at least I saw, where it does that, and of course, because podcasting is so great for visual mediums. Um, it does that whole, like, ghost staring at you and then suddenly the head, like, shakes uh, like a mile a minute, mm-hmm. left and right, up and down.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You, you know what I'm trying uh-huh, to say? Yeah. That,
0: yeah, that that thing. That thing, when I first saw that, that scared the shit out of me.
1: Yeah, I could see why. I, I,
0: I really, yeah, I liked that. I mean,
1: I could that, see was, why. that was a fun remake. Cool, man. Yeah, and that was it. Or you got one more, right? I got,
0: I got one more and I'm going to go with something that... I really enjoy and also consider one of the better openings in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly like, of course, like, let's all sit down and watch this every night for a week. But Ghost Ship <laughs> has one of the best kills for an opening. Dude.
1: Yeah, that actually ever. I actually named that on one of my. Oh, uh, no, wait a minute. Uh, Sam from New Zealand came on and we did. um mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard. We did um, what? What the hell was that brief? It was um, it was the best scenes from otherwise shit films or something like that, right? And I feel like that. Yeah. You know, I know what you're talking about on the on the ship with the band playing yeah. and all that, dude. That was so good, man. And then you watch the rest of the movie and you go, "What happened? Like, where did the where did that scene? Where did that movie go?" You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was Gabriel Byrne, and uh, yeah, that was that's fond memories of that movie. I could see why you picked that one. All right, brother. So uh, let me round out my top ten real quick, Drew. So my number six would have been a movie I love and fuck all the haters, but it's <laughs> but it's 2005's House of Wax, which is yes! which is also a Vincent Price remake and has Paris Hilton yes! in it. And I don't give a shit. I thought she was great in it, playing just the perfect perfect casting for that role. I thought right. And when she died, it got better. Yeah, That's right. That's right. <laughs> Alicia Cuthbert. I mean, you know, I just love this kind of creepy. I mean, wax museums are creepy. Let's be honest. And mm. th- they really took that up a notch with, with the premise in this movie. And then I got a couple of no scores in my honorables that both of these would have easily been in my top five. But my number seven would have been a film called The Mutilator, also known as yes. Fall Break from 1984. Oh, um, yes. One of the fucking gnarliest, like, a, kills. A great,
0: sl- a great slasher.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Had all those great slasher tropes, but one of the gnarliest fucking kills when he puts the hook on the girl. Mm. He, you know, yes. right up her, right up her thingy, mm-hmm. and all the way through mm-hmm. her uh, thingy, and slice her in half there, and that was that, and that did that. <laughs> Definitely lived up to his name of the mutilator. That scene, uh, "Thanks Killing" would be my number eight about a <laughs> fucking killer turkey on yes. Thanksgiving, getting revenge, bless it. getting revenge for, getting his revenge for his fucking turkeys being eaten on Thanksgiving. No score on Rotten Tomatoes for "Thanks Killing." That that would have easily been like my runner up. That one just makes me so happy every year. <laughs> uh, didn't you watch that with us last year, Drew? We did the oh, watch yeah. party. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I love that movie.
0: It's so bad. I mean, like, and it, it's it's almost cliche to say it's so bad, it's good. But guys, an audience, <laughs> if you have never seen Thanksgiving, it's legitimately bad.
1: <laughs> it's horrible. But you can see where there's a scene you cannot where cannot help but love it. I mean, there's a scene where a turkey essentially rapes one of the chicks, one of the human yeah, human women in the in the movie.
0: With, with like a turkey paste right? <laughs> yes
1: yes it's uh it's not good filmmaking guys but <laughs> it's you just not good filmmaking. <laughs> you just watch it and you go wow this is great um and then the last two are genuinely bad films but I enjoy them and my number nine is seed of Chucky okay now the child's play series I love as a whole and this film is probably the worst in my opinion. Which is why I put it on this list. I don't know if it's the lowest rated because it actually is at 34%, which is kind of high if you ask me. But yeah, Seed of Chucky, just so crazy, you know. I mean.
0: It's it's so good because it's extremely meta. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so appealing as well.
1: And then a movie that was a sequel is my, would round up my top ten that nobody likes. But I really enjoy it, especially as a doubleheader with its predecessor. And I don't know why, because it is shit. (laughs) But I love it. It's a rehash of the original, just in a different setting. Even the movie poster is like almost a carbon copy of the original's movie poster. But its uh, I still know what you did last summer. Oh, Jared. Yeah, and it's not good, right? I know it's not good, but I love love that movie. I don't know why. What's what's the third one? 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. What's the th-
0: because I know it's I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer. Um, I don't. What's the third oh, one? Shit. The third one is just god awful. Oh,
1: shit. What is the third one? Is that did that even go into the theaters? I don't think it did.
0: I don't know if it did.
1: Oh, I'll always know what you did last summer. Yeah, but she wasn't in that one. That didn't have no, the original I mean, cast in it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's the one you're talking about.
0: But that was a uh, that was a uh, dov in two thousand six. <laughs> still oh that one was uh, bad have you
1: seen the meme where it's like I know you didn't do shit last summer when it's talking about COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> COVID oh man Uh Drew Hallam you're a delight and I love having you on the show and thank you sir generally I just love knowing you so thanks so mm-hmm. much for being here man that was our top five bad horror movies that we love for the month of October here on Two Peas and Drew why don't you tell them uh, where they can find you brother out there Real Feels Podcast or whatever you want to point them towards man
0: Sure. If you guys uh, just Google up the Real Feels Podcast, that's R-E-E-L. You'll be sure to find us up on Facebook, Instagram, on Twitter. We are at Real Feels Pod. And, hey, check us for every other podcatcher out there. Every other Wednesday, we bring you a new movie with a brand new movie genre. And uh, we would love to
1: fill your ear holes. I love it. That didn't sound bad at all. That didn't sound dirty at all. (laughs) I enjoyed that. Uh (laughs) All right. Uh, Drew, I really appreciate you being here, man. And I will be talking to you soon, man. I promise. I look forward to it. All right, guys. We will be, we will be back next week. We'll have another couple of these for you. And we will have another pee on the pot. Everybody take care. See you then.